Movie Mavericks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Movie Mavericks. Speaking of fucking long, uncut European cocks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason and Trevor. I can't wait. Hey now, everybody. Welcome to episode 306 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. It's been a while, but um, we have not deserted you. Don't fear. We're here. I'm Trevor Anderson. I'm going to send you over to the one, the only, Jason Rugard, who has a rundown for us. Thank you, sir. That was a magnificent. Exactly. Gl- you like that? Glorious lead in. I love it. Thank you. Very Ooh, much. Yes. I'm, I'm waiting for someone else to talk. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? <laughs> um, but I, it's me. That's I. And I'm here. So we're talking tonight about The Lost Boys coming to television. Oliver Stone's public service announcement. The summer movie season as a whole are kind of run down on the postmortem of that. Dwayne Johnson's got some tough words for his co-stars in the set of Fast 8, and Deathstroke footage for the new Batman movie has surfaced. We've got a ton of reviews, 12 movies. Can you count them? 12, including Star Trek, Jason Bourne, Ghostbusters, Hard Target 2. You name it, we got it on the show. I counted them. There's 12. Also, we're going to talk about Jean-Claude Van Johnson, the show starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. But first, let's do some trivia. You didn't think I had it, but I had it. No, we have trivia. We do have trivia. We got a little bit of trivia. Um, I had to revert back to some some bargain basement trivia here, uh, and and the fact of the matter is, this was everybody knows Beverly Hills Cop was originally written with Sylvester Stallone in mind, right? You heard that that whole story, okay. and um, Stallone rewrote it to his liking, and basically they said, "Go off and do this movie, but this <laughs> isn't what we want." And he did, and he made it Cobra, which is what he mm-hmm. thought. But the another actor was actually cast before even Stallone, and it's even a stranger casting. Do you know what this who this is? The person? I don't. It's a fellow expendable. Uh, I mean Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> I mean that would be <laughs> Terry <fantastic>. Crews. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody could pull it off, it'd be Mr. Crews. I'll tell you that. Uh, um, who? Mickey Rourke. I was gonna say it has to be the. Uh, he's got to be the only other guy who could do it. Mickey Nobody else was around. <laughs> in Beverly Hills Cop, that movie would have been three hours long with his long pauses between sentences and his, like, I don't know. Yeah, he's a little, <laughs> it would have been a little, too, yeah, it wouldn't have really worked. Been a little method, if you, if you ask That's me. what I'm saying. But that would have been a little too, uh, a little bit too much. I don't know. You kind of, it's good that they had uh, Eddie Murphy in it because he got the quick wit and then the quick reaction time, which is something that uh, makes that movie work. I mean, that is the movie, right? Because 48 Hours is a better movie, I've always felt, than Beverly Hills Cop. But uh-huh. I think Beverly Hills Cop is the movie. like the It's icon- so much funner. Yeah, it is. It's not. A, it's, it's for sure not as violent. You know, 48 Hours mm. is a pretty mean-spirited movie. That's a tough movie. Uh, and, like, they're racially antagonistic towards one another. And Beverly Hills Cop plays all that lighter, with a lighter touch, I guess you could yeah. say. Uh, but Walter Hill, what a kick-ass director. I mean, so, Beverly Hills for- Cop's very racy in the the racial area as well but yeah which beverly hills cop do you prefer out of the three what's your favorite um i mean that's a hard question because obviously the first of anything is really it's so good because it introduces you to it but i i do think i did like the second one quite a bit more yeah me too i mean that that tony scott touch is very evident there and i think that they took all the elements it might not be as funny as the first one per se, but mm-hmm. it's slicker. And it has but it doesn't have stuff. to be because it has that first one that you've already seen, and it still has a lot of those elements. You know, it has the theme music, it has uh, Eddie Murphy, it has all that stuff there. So maybe it doesn't quite get there, but it doesn't. It almost doesn't have to, right? Because it kind of goes in, in, in a, a bit of a di- different direction, even though not really. It really is. I don't Beverly know. They're all good. Too. <laughs> That's Eddie Murphy, like in in his Michael Jackson moment, like when he was just king of the hill to me. That's like him in all of his glory. Eighty seven, that year of him just dominating. 
people used to see him in a trailer and just fucking crack up. That's kind of lost now. There really is no. I mean, Kevin Hart is is the comedian of the day. I guess you could say that's really huge in movies. But that changes mm-hmm. too. Over, I mean, Cat Williams was it for a minute. Chris Tucker was it. Uh, Martin Lawrence was it. Well, even I mean, movies nowadays, especially you have um, with comedians, you don't have to be a stand-up comedian, right? Um, yeah. So you can kind of some I'm, I'm Melissa McCarthy, right? Obviously, um, not a stand-up comedian, but it's pretty big. That's true. And I don't I just mean she's fat, but she actually lost a lot of weight. So, and she did. Let's talk about the Lost Boys here. This is a, a favorite of mine, and the hell? It, <laughs> it's coming to tell you like that segue. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's and let's do it. All right. Lost Boys. Okay. Lost Boys is coming to television, courtesy of your buddy Rob Thomas. There, and that's not the the greatest. That's not the lead singer of Matchbox Twenty, is it? No. But okay. Pretty sure it could be. Um, what's We're going on sure. with this? You're, you stoked about this? I know you like Veronica Mars. Do you think this is a good fit? I am. I'm a huge Rob Thomas fan. Um, I mean, even the iZombie stuff is, is really good. I've read a couple of his um, young adult books and things. He's really good. I like him a lot. So I'm excited to see something like this. I love the idea of every scene of every season being in a new decade. You know, slowly moving cool forward, uh, which would be great. Especially, it, yeah, it works. Like that idea works really well. Obviously, because. You're going to have people who are going to look the same age, right? Throughout, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe five seasons. People don't change age that much, uh, especially these actors, which is incredible, but they don't. So that would work great for like a vampire type show, right? I just think it's cool that they're, they're, I thought the whole idea about bringing it to me, like, oh shit, here we go. But then with this guy attached to it, he's, done things pretty right and cw will push the shit out of it it's a good station for it to land on it's not on one of the big networks that's gonna it's gonna disappear from mm-hmm. in half a season so what's well, very much i mean what what we like so much about that movie i think he's gonna nail um and, and even expand upon uh, in the show you know he's really good with characters and he's real good in that kind of 80s you know john hughes type stuff i mean it's not really uh, it's his own thing but it's, it's that kind of a sense of, of stuff you know it is John Hughes-esque in a way because it's going to be on CW. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, of course, right, yeah. But it's like young adult is basically what what you're looking at when you get into that kind of stuff. So you've been to the movies recently. No, uh, I, I don't movies. go to the movies. I know you actually have started going again. We're going to talk about this later. I'm very <laughs> proud of you. You ventured out again. I mean, I've been uh, to three movies lately. And like, Gandalf has visited the Shire. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I like, pass. He's here. He's here. We think <laughs> Thou shall not pass. No, I'm going through, buddy. Well, uh, if you've been to the movies at all lately, you'll probably have seen the PSA announcement that has been done about uh, turning off your cell phones. But this one is featuring director Oliver Stone. It's a somewhat of a advertisement for Snowden as well. But I thought this was pretty intense because it starts off with, with Stone telling you that they're following you on their phone. They're tracking you. They're doing this and that. And then I think it turns self-deprecating and kind of humorous with right. the, turn off your phone, please. Uh, and I thought it was a, just a nice touch and an interesting way to advertise a tricky movie that is going to be difficult to advertise to maybe a younger audience that maybe otherwise wouldn't give a shit about the movie. But now maybe is, is curious on what this is all about or it's at least penetrated. I mean, OK, I, I would disagree with that because I think they're obviously marketing the movie as a Bourne-ish type spy flick, right? I mean, Why are clearly, they doing that, by the way? Because it's Oliver Stone and he doesn't. When he does a movie like this, he's not going to tell you the real story. He's going to change it in a very cinematic way, and he maybe maybe in really weird ways, and make it his own story. Right? He has always done that. 
I don't mind paranoid conspiracy thrillers, but it's not, it shouldn't look like a Jason Bourne movie. And I know, because the like guy's it. not a badass. And when he's like, they're coming, they will come after me and shit. It's like, are you fucking say who's they? Like, we're talking about like a couple dudes in suits and shit. Like, you're not going to fucking get into like some gunfight and shit. Like, they're not chasing this you. This isn't like, like, yeah, this isn't like a spy movie. Like, but so, but in a way, like, that's kind of cool. Like, the, he's going to do that because now I don't really know like where it's going to go. I don't think he's going to go that far with it, but. Um, it is interesting to see something like a normal life situation turn very cinematic, right? Imagine your life like that. It's kind of cool. I'm more curious about the box office between Snowden and Sully. And one is kind of the rah-rah mm-hmm. Americana, you know, very big. I mean, don't you don't think Sully will just absolutely crush Snowden? I think because Tom Hanks is involved. I think with without it, a but, doubt, yeah. Um, I wonder what the better movie will be between the two. I really yeah, do. I'm I mean, interested in seeing that may be the, debatable, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll watch both, but yeah. Uh, let's talk about the summer movie season for a quick second here. A lot of what summer said, movie season? <laughs> it just the, there was one. Neck and neck for when did it start? I think they consider the beginning of May. May the first weekend of May is the summer movie season now. What movie? I don't remember any movies this, that came out. Uh, Captain America, I think, <laughs> kicked it off. Oh, that was the only one. That was the whole summer, I thought. Just that one movie, wasn't it? Well, that, there was that. There was Finding Dory. There was. Uh, you look at the top fifteen <laughs> movies of the year and or of the summer, and it's like uh-huh. it, movies that are included on there barely are breaking a hundred million. And I gotta say, the worst movie I yeah, saw this summer, sad, fucking hands down, was Independence Day two. Hmm. It was pathetically yeah, bad. I didn't see that. I waited a couple days and then decided i'll wait even longer <laughs> how could they have waited 20 years to make that movie and, and it, to me it just speaks of and we'll talk about the reviews of jason Bourne and suicide squad here a little bit later uh, and you'll talk about your thoughts on ghostbusters and the shallows but i think overall it's been a summer of mediocrity of just totally- and it looks so cool didn't it i mean they sold it so well as they always do but oh my god it's, it's not just been one uh, and you know, within there, there've been some pleasant surprises, even some things I don't think were all that bad, but overall it kind of has been just let down after let down. It's, it's just been minor disappointment after minor disappointment. Yeah. It'd be very mediocre. Independence Day, it's, it was huge because I was expecting but, something, but a lot of mediocreness kind of adds up to one big, right? Just horrible. There wasn't, if you look at even the box office this summer, there's no, there's $300 million grocers, mm-hmm. $400 million. There's nothing in the middle. There's no $200 million grocer. It's like everything, nothing's stuck. They just right. threw shit at the wall and said, what do we have here? And, and in the end, all the usual suspects showed up. Your superheroes, your animated movies. Really, the most surprising aspect of the entire summer is the resurgence of the horror film. I mean, horror films did very, very well this summer. I don't think they were Purge. resurgent. Um, I mean, <laughs> they've I, been I, doing this for a while now, right? I mean, they figured out kind of this formula of very uh, low budget horror movies making a decent amount of money. But things like Lights Out doing sixty million, this Don't Breathe is going to mm-hmm. do possibly eighty million, The Conjuring doing a hundred million, Purge doing eighty. Mm-hmm. Those are high grosses for movies that don't cost. And profitability for the summer obviously goes to the horror genre, mm-hmm. but um. Also, I, I was just surprised that they were they were counter-programming that much horror in summer. When I feel like they hold it back to fall to try to get around the Halloween date, which everyone just kind of bum rushes, yeah. and then they you know nobody things get lost in the shuffle, whether they're good or bad. Just you know, it feels like there's one horror film every Halloween that get, does well and four that know. fail. 
What we'll to see? I mean, this may be you know a blip on the radar. Obviously, you know, box offices dipping in China and elsewhere and stuff, but no one's worried about it. And I kind of agree that this is just maybe just gonna be a blip. You know, maybe this is just uh, it happens to be a, a weak year for product, and uh, and that's that. You know, what's the breakout comedy? I mean, what do you bad think? Moms? Well, bad moms. Yeah. Okay, so there's there's one, and that's at a hundred million. That's a. I mean, Ghostbusters was was not a profitable film or but does a, that know, matter i mean to be fair to say that oh bad moms summer... this, this and that but ghostbusters has had has sold more tickets than bad moms at this point so i don't know that it's fair to say oh bad moms is a better movie this this and that i mean if you want I'm to talk about say profitability this, the summer where's the summer comedy breakouts every summer there's huge grosses on things for comedies Usually i can agree that with that is, but but again you had like you said i mean one of the big things right was when you look at like what should have been big movies neighbors two and uh and ghostbusters you see a very political uh side to those that i think interfered greatly uh not even with what those movies turned out to be but also in people not really wanting to buy a ticket because once you buy that ticket you, you're picking a side oh interesting in that argument you know what i mean so so i don't know it kind of scares people off a little bit you know Let's talk about the big man, Dwayne Johnson, who starred in a summer comedy, one of the most successful ones of the summer, Central Intelligence. Um, but he tweeted from the set of Fast 8 that he was ready to be done with the shooting. And um, some of his, you know, I'm sure you've heard the tweet by now, but I'll paraphrasing that. Some of his candy-ass co-stars uh, we were <laughs> pissing him off and that when you see him on screen, he'll really be mad. That automatically led to uh, who was this feud with and rumors suggested Vin Diesel turned out to be true. Sides have been drawn. I think this might be Dwayne Johnson's last appearance in a Fast 8 movie. Dwayne Johnson now is the highest paid actor in the world. You see this? $64 million last year he made, or this <laughs> year. Uh, highest paid actor in the world. And the guy is a fucking stratosphere and probably a workaholic. And I, you keep hearing reports that Vin Diesel is late to set, is running things. You know, People are waiting around for him. This mm -hmm. apparently happened. Rumor is that this was the direct result of Johnson waiting around in 90-degree Atlanta heat while uh, Diesel was late to set. So. Yeah, I mean, it would be upsetting, right? I, mean, I understand that. It's upsetting when that happens, and you're not on a movie set when people are late. Is it more professional that Diesel does that or that Johnson tweets about it in a, in a very Probably both, way. right? They're probably both equal, I would say. He could easily have done this behind uh, the scenes and maybe not had a problem at all, but... Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's done... Does, is it, does he have a big enough head at this point where he just doesn't care? I don't know. And the, these guys are both... Right, both of them are very social media oriented as well. Is there is there a feeling that they need to share in, in a sense? Somebody suggested that this is a ton of free publicity for this film. I know I've read that as well that this is all, in a sense, might be fake, and I can kind of believe that in a sense. But I mean, doesn't it? It's too petty almost to be fake, right? It kind of makes them look bad. It, it yeah, it does. It seems, or it's a page out of the WWE handbook. You know, right, right. Johnson is a wrestler. He he can play the heel. He doesn't mind, you know, or or whatever it may be. And um, they, you know, and, and nobody has really directly addressed this either. Um, they've they've said they're going to address it, and then not been forthcoming. So this could all just be one big publicity stunt. And if mm -hmm. so, well done, because Johnson reaches a lot of people, and everybody is talking about this right now. Because who doesn't want to think that there's a rivalry between the two, right? Isn't it kind of funner to think that they don't get along? You know, like when Stallone and Schwarzenegger were in the Cold War of their I mean, I relationship. Guess, uh, it just doesn't seem, I, mean, I don't know, it's not that important to me that they either get along or don't get along. I'm really kind of done with Fast and Furious at this point anyways. I'd like to see something uh, else. 
You may be done with Fast and Furious, but it is not done with you, sir. No, it's not. I'll be forced to watch many of them. Well, force. I'll have to force myself to watch them. I said that like but the other day. Them. I was talking about the D-Box seats that are available in this theater down the street. And uh, the last movie I saw there was Fast 7. And so I was telling somebody about it. And they go, what, what the fuck is this? And I'm, they're like, they have no clue. I'm like, well, when mm-hmm. Fast 8 comes out, we'll just go see it there. And like I said it like just like, – I, <laughs> I don't want to see Fast 8, believe me. But it's like no, I know I'm going to. to go see, yeah. yeah. So it's like, fuck it. Might as well go see it in the D-Box because it's, like, it's like I just thought about that like later. Yeah, I was no. like, well, I'm just like saying here's my money. I'll pay for this. This is why they keep making these fucking things. I'll be there, yeah. I'll be there and I'm it's not, not going to be It's happy. not worth it. I probably won't be happy because they, uh, they don't put in the amount of work they should into the story on this. I'd be happy if they just cut 45 minutes out of them. Yeah. I mean, me too. I'd like a real story. I, I, I like those characters and I'd like for them to be more than just caricatures at this point. It seems like they, they just keep getting worse. Now nah, they just drop in for like a line here, a line there. They become Ocean's Eleven's movies. Basically. Yeah. Last Let's week, Ben Affleck the... tweeted out, tweeted. I hate that fucking term. Uh, he's a Tweet tweeter. Out. All right. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the guys, ben Affleck, his mic he's, up, he's a tweeter, a pebble shit. He tweeted out, Mm-hmm. Um, he pinched that, that one out. It's a little fucking diamond here, <laughs> with the invisible <laughs> teeth in his ass. Bit the head off it. Yeah. Um, it's made up of the same material as that invisible bone in your dick. However, this dish got blue. Um, my, talk the, about the bone in my dick is real. <laughs> 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 I have to pump. I have to inflate it. I have a thing hooks in. You know, you got to squeeze it. Got the inflator raft. Yeah, it's like one of those uh, arm cuffs. You know, tells your blood pressure. Can you tell we don't want to talk about Ben Affleck and Deathstroke or what? Yeah, it is a Deathstroke. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> um, so Deathstroke is now resurfaced in the DC universe and rumors. Is it, I really don't know who this is. It's a minor fucking character. Do you know who he is? That's what, that's what I read. I read about him and I thought, I have no fucking idea. Something like he created for like Teen Titans or some shit. I'm like, oh, what? And he got his own comic book where he fought Batman. It's like, you have to do. Do I know who this is? I, They've gotten so deep into like <laughs> comic book canon. That I know like, it's you too have much. To fucking studying like Bible characters. I'm like, I don't know who these people are any longer. I need help. I need to read the Wikipedia's on it. I mean, did you know who Grout was before they? He was a character? yeah, yeah. I knew Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff. Well, you're fucking crazy, um, man. I had no clue who this. People that's were. that's the one thing. I mean, I do know. Uh, I know a couple things, but I don't know. Like, if you're gonna start getting deep into Guardians of the Galaxy, no, nah, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I didn't know anybody <laughs> in Suicide Squad outside of Will Smith and Margaret Robbie. Never heard of oh, it. Oh, there's other people. Boomerang. I mean, Captain Boomerang's pretty big. Um, Are you fucking serious? I thought he was the biggest joke at all of them. Like, literally, like, this really? is a real person? Yeah, no, he's pretty big in the in the uh, DC universe. Oh, man. That's totally a character unto himself. I'm totally showing myself <laughs> up as a non-comic book reader. Uh, well, I'm not very much either. So, And I actually followed it. I had comic books. Shitload of comics. I still do. But I didn't get that deep into I you know I liked my guys and I would kind of stay with like the Punisher and mm-hmm. you know things like that that I like really dark comic books. Yeah, I mean I agree. That's that's basically what I've done too. Is to kind of like a just pick out the main guys and if I I don't read them. I haven't read it in a long time really, so I don't That's what uh, makes I followed it hard. up on recently a friend of mine has some of the New 52 and I I read some uh, some of their stuff and it's it is beautifully drawn now. I mean, it's it's a total different experience. I feel mm-hmm. like than it was when we were younger, with even the page material feeling different. You know, it doesn't have that cheap feel. Oh, really? But hey, this is this role is supposed to be played by Joe Manganiello. That's what they're uh, suggesting now. 
Interesting. I do like him. So, yeah, he, so could be, he could be crazy enough to, uh, obviously, he's got the buddy. Mm. <laughs> but does he have the bridge? <laughs> am, I, am I alone in that one? <laughs> stuck that one in there, Magic. Him, and, him and Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the movie just got a, a raised death stroke from Trevor. So, yes. let's see. What do we do? Let's take a quick break. We've been going at it hard here for a few minutes. Let's take a quick break and come back with a shitload of reviews, guys. Don't go anywhere. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Okay, we're back. Thank you guys for staying <laughs> Was with that us. a long enough break for you? Don't go anywhere. I can, <laughs> I can give you a longer one. No, I don't need it. Um, that was for Shrek. Okay. Shrek. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. <laughs> don't watch it. Trevor's watch Trevor it. made me watch some horrendous YouTube I made you. I like clockwork you. orange you. You did. You clockwork oranged me, man. Like, I seriously will never look at Shrek again the same. <laughs> Thank you. So I suggest if you want to ruin your childhood, do what, Trek's, do what Shrek and Trevor suggest. Exactly. What is it called again for our listeners to... Shrek is love, Shrek is life. Yeah. At your own... At your own um, you see, don't be surprised. Like, if we're out in public and then Jason sees a guy dressed up as Shrek, he just offers himself to him. Uh, it's it's mesmerizing and <laughs> you'll be entranced. And he- <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. No, no, yeah. It's, I don't know if you should watch bad. it, but unofficially, you should don't watch, watch it. it. You should watch it. Let's talk about Star Trek Beyond. I don't believe we talked about this on air. I know you gave your review and you were curious mm-hmm. at what I thought of it. I yeah. really liked this little one-off adventure. I think it's the best one since the first. Um, that being said, it does feel like it's cut from a slightly different cloth in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, and. It, it, to me, it has a little bit too much Simon Pegg, a little bit of that guy in his witticism, and even in the writing, you could tell he's very prevalent. A little of him goes a long way for me. Uh, I think he you know, overdoes hmm. it in Mission Impossible 4, and they cut him way back in yeah. Part 5, and he was exactly zeroed in on that um, amount of screen time. Here, it's a little much with him, but um, I did like how you know the, it starts off, and I thought, what the fuck? He said Galaxy Quest-esque. Yeah, very Galaxy Quest esque. Yeah, but I did end up liking that quality about it. Me it too. Moves. This one actually moves it's so a much lot. fun, right? I mean, this is definitely one that's just it, it, that's just extra, right? It's just an extra thing there. It doesn't really move the plot, the the overall arc plot along at all. But I don't know. I mean, you talk about Simon Pig, you got to love the script that he wrote, right? I mean, the whole thing with with Kirk like being disillusioned with this shit, being bored out of his mind, like that's the whole fucking movie. Right, and he's like getting his getting his groove back. He's getting his mojo back. That's for sure, part of it. And but isn't Kirk being uh, disillusioned? Isn't that like kind of the the trope in this movie? It's kind of like how they do it now. All of them are slight. Well, I guess the last one was like that a little bit too. I, like I may agree with you in that, and but the, I think the difference here is that this one's fun, right? Like they do, they take that and they turn it right around. They make it fun again for him. Like, oh, this is fun. This is why I do this. This is a fucking adventure. I love this. Instead of like in normal movies, you do say you're right. That it is very much a disillusionment, but it's always like, you know, ah, oh, fuck. I guess I have to keep doing this, even though I don't really like it. You know, that's always how that shit ends. I would agree that I, Idris Elba's character is. Um, what was the last guy's name? Con. Yeah, he's it, Con again, right? It's Con light. <laughs> and but you know what? I didn't necessarily mind that because this movie is very efficient in how it uses its screen time. It doesn't yeah. go overboard. It has just enough special effects, just enough laughs, and such good camaraderie now between these actors and, and tell these me, characters you, that the chemistry is all oh I mean, it's just it, chemistry reeks from this movie between these actors. I loved it. I mean, I could tell they were having a good time, which made me have a good time. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. And the sound work, I mean, when they fi- when the sabotage fucking hits. Oh, it's I mean, great. tell me that's not. I mean, uh, like I literally had like my hairs just stood up. I was like, oh fuck yes, this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> it's a it's a gorgeously produced movie, and that goes from everything to the sound design to the makeup on characters. Um, I I liked a lot of what they were doing, and I liked the kind of the simplicity of it. I really appreciated the the focused simplicity of this movie, and. It reminded me a lot of Mission Impossible 2 when they came out after yeah. the complaints of Mission Impossible. Remember that when it was too overly complicated? And it, I feel like they, they listened to a lot of the critics and said, okay, we're just going to give you an adventure. And this is the wackiest mm-hmm. Star Trek movie possibly since um, The Voyage Home in the original series. Because Yeah, I, mean, I would agree. There's yeah. no real point to this movie outside of let's just go on an adventure and have just some fun. fun. That's what yeah. I love about Star Trek. That's what's so great about the TV show is that that's I would agree. literally what it is. You know, it's just these dudes on an adventure and you get to tag along and it's fucking crazy and some weird shit's going to happen. So, yeah, I, I do like that this was that external extra show. But I, I do, I do hope they get the better movies of the yeah. summer, I think. Yeah, I mean, easily, right? <laughs> Let's talk next about um, one that is really dividing people, and that's Suicide Squad. And I know you really like this movie, although you were battling yourself on how you felt about it initially. I think, I think I'm in love with it now. Yeah, okay. So you're officially have, you've crossed over and uh, you've impregnated yourself Basically. and gotten in love with this. So. Basically, I, I fucked them all. Yeah. Uh, I saw it and had – I think I told you I had a very strange reaction in that um, – Yeah. I, I thought it was very cartoony, and I, I obviously it's based on a cart comic book. But I kept thinking of Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. particularly like when Harlan Quinn's being pulled away on the ladder and kind of doing her little like thing in the air, and it's very animated esque. I could see this almost being one of those direct to video uh, DC releases, you know, those animated like Batman the Killing Joke mm-hmm. and things like that. Having said that, there are flashes of absolute brilliance in this movie. There are. I mean, you can't deny that. There are scenes that sing and moments that hum. But I just question if Will Smith's not too big for this movie. No, if he doesn't no way. To overtake it at times. No, I disagree because I, that almost it's almost needed with especially with the way Ayer um, does things. You know, he doesn't typically have, especially in this movie. I the, the idea of the, of a main character is kind of blurred, and so it, it, being Will Smith really helps to center that because because you don't have to rely on the story so much to make that apparent to you. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That, I'll, but the Joker as a peripheral presence to the mm-hmm. movie is somewhat brilliant, but it's also kind of a bait and switch. I mean, he's he, he's circling the characters narratively, but it also kind of the movie in a weird way. You know, that his is presence is felt when he's not there. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted. I thought he was so fucking mesmerizing. That whole, you know, oh, yeah. inter- interpretation of him and what what Leto was Well, there's doing. apparently, I mean, as with any movie nowadays, you know, they shoot like 100 to 1 on the fucking ratios here. So there's right. apparently just an absolute shitload. I mean, there's like a, what, like a three, four hour long cut of this movie, right? Out there somewhere, I'm sure. But there's apparently a shitload of Joker, Harley Quinn stuff. Like they could have been made into its own movie. That's how much they shot of it. Well, so, did you hear about the editing I don't know. fiasco about on this movie? Um, well, tell us. Well, Trailer Park, which is a company that cut a couple of the trailers for this movie that got really good review, uh, scores with, with the test audiences, like the Blitzkrieg Bop, I think, was one of them, and the mm-hmm. Rhapsody, you know, the Queen song. I mean, it was just the Bohemian Rhapsody song. I'm not really sure. There's a couple of trailers they cut that were fantastic, this movie, mm-hmm. that Warner Brothers really liked. Well, as Ayer's cutting this movie, they bring in Trailer Park for their cut of the movie, and it's rumored 
that this movie is a mixture between Ayer's Cut and the Trailer Park version, which kind of makes sense in, in the weirdly placed pop songs, which I had a problem with. Really? I loved the music in this. I thought the music was way fucking self-conscious. Loved I loved it, it. It pulled me out of it. Really? Exactly. It's just, it, made, it worked for me. The hip hop, that is. Not the, not like the initial stuff with like the, the Harlan Quinn stuff, but some of the hip hop music mm-hmm. really fucking pulled me out of the movie. Um, but mm. when she jumps into the vat of acid and, the, the, and he does after her, mm-hmm. and not only, I, I think, like I said in my review on the site, the movie could have used more moments of that kind of darkly beautiful grandeur, kind of interview with a vampire style grandeur. And uh, you know what I mean by that? Like, a larger than life kind of dark. I don't know what I was looking for. And I always complain mm. the movies are too dark, but it just, it was just not what I was looking for. But then again, it wasn't boring. I'll say that. And it was very easy to follow people that say it was convulted and shit. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. This thing was easier to follow than civil war. Yeah. I mean, so. this, this movie has no plot. The characters are the plot, right? I mean, down to the, down to the exact plot itself. Cause create the suicide squad in order to protect yourself. Who does the suicide squad fight? The Suicide Squad, right? I guess they create the, the bad guy in this out of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> I thought that Joel Kinman's character was really wasted. That the the witch wasn't much of a of a of a bad person or whatever, and that the I couldn't care less about the doctor who transformed into her, the Enchantress. And yeah, they didn't really I, didn't give her very much. Well, they didn't really give. They uh, had a, too many characters it felt like to go through and to, and to give the treatment. Um, to, but again, that's what was all cut out, right? There's like a shitload on the cutting room floor of this movie, which just leads me to believe that um, I need to see a, like a 10 hour cut of this, which is funny because you really didn't like Batman versus Superman. And this has a lot of the same problems. I know. And after seeing this, I understand why you're, you like that movie in a sense. It's funny. I stick up for Batman and Superman in my own mind. It's like a guilty pleasure for me. Like you do for this one. And you know, it's fucking flawed as hell, but like something about it, it's it, different. It, I love, like I say, it's just this movie, like the characters are the movie. And so that's kind of the way it's told. And so the plot, like, I understand why people don't like it. Cause it doesn't have a real plot and it has a real thin plot. Cause that's not the movie. And so that's like, it's like fucked up. Right. Cause that's not, if you had paid to go see a movie, you want to go see a fucking movie. <laughs> I thought they like, I get the guard it. too much of a role and he wasn't funny. Why was he in it so prevalently? You know, the main um, guard. Yeah. I mean, I don't know other, other than just that, uh, the Joker, um, you know, but I don't think that they needed to put him in it so much. But I mean, they used him as as that sense to introduce everybody. Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, I get. I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, he didn't bother me so much. I like that actor, but he didn't bother me. But um, yeah, I think I don't know why. He does tie think, things together. I mean, he, the Joker does come, you know, fuck with him and all that shit. So I mean, it's the Quinn and Deadshot movie, really, and, and Joker mm-hmm. is in it to an extent, but it, it's really those two characters and everybody knows that. Yeah. Of. You, you would hope a secondary, you know, whatever sequel they do to this is going to have more of a plot. And that's what I would hope because we've been introduced to the characters. Um, we can't do this again. You know, it has to be something else, which basically means Ayer cannot direct the second movie of this, right? You still don't like Ayer. How can you like him? I, he doesn't. Well, I, I do like this movie. I think it worked here this one time, but in general, no, he doesn't. I mean, there's no way he can make a sequel to this, right? He would be the wrong person to do that. It's a fun movie to look at. I'll say that too. The color scheme is very nice, and um, some of the images are are absolutely beautiful. But mm-hmm. not what I was expecting, and, and I don't think. But then again, this movie is causing 
a lot of of backlash because it's it's people like what it's doing so and critics hate it and um i'm kind of in the middle somewhere hmm. i don't know what do you think of the ghostbusters you caught up with this one i want to know what your thoughts were because this is one that i was yeah. on the fence of but i said was was pretty good yeah I and mean, this but is a it's a solid flick i mean it's really not much you can complain about but there's like some things you can nitpick definitely um i mean i would say like I don't know when when you watch Ghost this version of it, you feel like nothing. To me, anyways, feel like nothing happens. Is that just me? I literally feel like the movie just has. There's nothing at stake. It's, it's very strange, long, you know? and nothing seems to really happen in it. You know, like they just kind of go from point to point. Yeah, and and I think well, they could have done something a little bit better with these characters and stuff because well, I don't. I actually don't even know any of their fucking names. None of the character names. I don't get the sense of camaraderie between these people, especially since they take so long to introduce some of them. And I just wish, like I, you know, Ghostbusters. Boom! I got. It. I fucking know the idea already. Everyone does. We know the idea. We do not need to be introduced to this again, <laughs> right? Don't do that. This movie spends forever on the first act, just mm-hmm. getting everyone together, and it's just too long, you know. The, um, it's more of a horror film, strangely enough, than the other one was, don't you think? Like with the, eh, the way it's shot. Really. Done, I, no? I mean, yes, I I agree that because, especially because of better sound work, better um, you know CGI and stuff, that it, it is a little more scarier than the other one. Um, but in the end, it's just as it's just as silly, right? I mean, nothing nothing bad ever happens to anybody ever. How absolutely unnecessary are those cameos by the original cast? Mm-hmm. And do, do they? And they're terrible just, too. And when they show up, you, it's just what I mean. Dan Aykroyd had the best fucking um, cameo, really. He had the best lines. Bill Murray had the had the most time, obviously, but he didn't do shit. He had a useless fucking thing. Sigourney Weaver, they put in after the end credits, yeah. and Ernie Hudson barely made it. He's barely <laughs> there. I know. I mean, if you're Ernie Hudson, you know where you stand on the totem pole, right? Well, above Sigourney Weaver, apparently. Well, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. She's not even a Ghostbuster. She is a female. Yeah. Um, and I thought the the amusing bit in this movie was them trying out the proton pack. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, I mean, I liked all that that kind of stuff. I mean, I was I was good on the Ghostbusters start of, uh, part of this, but I think that they needed more. They needed more of the characters, right? And I mean, this whole movie to say this movie is called Ghostbusters is an understatement because that's really what this is, Ghostbusters. But I don't. You know, I don't need to be sold Ghostbusters. I need to go and watch a movie. I guess everything I'm complaining about this, I should be complaining about Suicide Squad. But yeah, for some, whatever reason, say that. for whatever reason, it's flipped here. It just didn't work here for me. You know, I, I well, actually, I guess because they, they are flipped. Like Suicide Squad had more to deal with the characters. This has more to deal with the idea of Ghostbusters and of selling me on the idea of being Ghostbusters. And, and like you're saying, isn't it cool that they make all these, these weapons and all this cool stuff? And it's like, yeah, but who the fuck are the Ghostbusters? Like, I actually don't, like I said, I don't remember any of their fucking names. Yeah. I couldn't tell you in this names. movie. So that's as much as I give a shit about that. So it, it just doesn't, so it didn't work in that sense, you know, and it should have, uh, that's what it should have done was sold me on those actors in these roles instead of selling me on Ghostbusters. You know, the idea of, but yeah, people comedically fighting you ghosts. Just okay, or are you? Uh, you but it was good. It? I would recommend it. It's worth oh. a watch. I mean, it's perfectly fine. It's just mediocre as shit. Is my problem. It's just it is, I'm, but that doesn't make it that doesn't make it bad, right? I mean, it may not make it great, but it doesn't make it bad. It's a solid is, movie. People will enjoy it. I, you'd have to recommend it to people because it's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. That's it's just saying. it's it's a it's that's just easy it. going. Uh, yeah. It's an easygoing movie. Yeah, experience. exactly. 
I just watched The Watch from a few years back, which mm-hmm. is very Ghostbusters-esque. This is the Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, mm-hmm. Jonah Hill movie with their neighborhood watch battling aliens. And while that movie tanked, and it is hard R in that it's it's kind of a raunch, strangely raunchy too, I was laughing my ass off in that movie. And I don't, I'd never seen it before. And I, I was thinking like, this is technically Ghostbusters. And this yeah. didn't come, you know, this didn't do nearly as well. And it was a huge flop. And really is the idea just not funny to fight aliens and ghosts is this just not no, a funny no, no. I, I don't think that that's the problem at all i mean again as i said earlier i mean again you could bring up a movie that had a strong um uh political issue right at hand that was the yeah so the martin stuff remember when that came out in yeah. the neighborhood watch and they, they so it was the it was just yeah. horribly tainted you know for whatever reason because i agree with you i didn't think it was it was bad either i i thought it was funny and it's perfectly fine. Again, there's nothing wrong with it. There's no reason to be like, this is a terrible movie, right? you got to be insane to be sitting there making these uh, arguments. Uh, but yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. For whatever reason, some things. It's like the Geely effect, right? You just you, you can't win sometimes. Well, I'll tell you who can't win. It's Jason Bourne. But this guy sure tries. <laughs> and the You're not the only movie. one, though, right? You don't like it. I do not like the yeah. series. I don't know why. So That's what I've heard. Four. It wasn't like it was going to change. This one's bad, though. I mean, this one is this one to, is the Rambo three of the Bourne movies. He but, has Jason Bourne now has become mm-hmm. a side character in his own fucking movie. At least they give Ethan <laughs> Hunt and James Bond something to do in those movies. He doesn't do shit for like the first thirty fucking minutes, and this movie becomes so predictable. And you got Tommy Lee Jones, who really is starting to show his age in both this and the Resurrection, and his like for kooky, a while now, for a while now, man. <laughs> but his kooky, cool, like I'm, you know, I'm I'm smartest one in the room thing is fucking so played out at this point that it's just mm. it's not interesting. And the problem with this too is that this movie, it's got nothing to say. And Paul Greengrass now, it's you realize that this is tip, this is absolutely style over substance. In a strange way, because this style set the precedent for like every action movie after it. And that cut, cut, pop shit. I'm yeah. d- I mean, I'm so done with that. Who the fuck wants to watch this shit? I, me, apparently, I bought a ticket. I, I just, <laughs> I thought this movie was really bad. Yeah. yeah it doesn't matter what the that. story is. It doesn't really fucking matter because Jason Bourne doesn't do anything. And then the last line is, well, if we can't bring him in, I'm sure we can kill him. Really? Because you just spent four fucking movies trying to kill the guy. <laughs> what makes you think you can kill him? I, I just was like, and he's obviously not coming out of the, at this point, come in out of the cold, man. Start working for the government, please. Yeah, right. So I know I'm going off here, but I or watched just Elysium. disappear. I mean, fuck. I rewatched Elysium recently and I, I would say that's a better movie. Yeah, I don't know. Elysium is pretty shit, man. It is, but at least the action is clearly shot. I don't understand why we um, why we salute Paul Greengrass as like this magnificent craftsman. Because he did, ma- he happened to make one pretty damn good movie. Okay, but that was twelve <laughs> fucking years ago. No, I know. I think he's fucking annoying as shit too. But you know, I mean, why did everybody adopt this style? Like, why did that that born supremacy handheld? Kind of fucking shaky cam, pop, you know. You complained about this. You told me you liked this in Captain Phillips. I fucking hated it. Captain Phillips, I forgot. I liked Captain Phillips. <laughs> okay, I'll son give of that. a bitch. <laughs> but you know what was terrible was Green Zone, and that was basically like yeah. Jason Green Ward's Zone Ford. basically sucks. Yeah. You know, United ninety one, uh, or I'm sorry, United ninety three uh-huh. uh, is is a damn good movie too. It's just fucking heart wrenching to watch that movie in that documentary style. 
works in that because you feel like you're in the moment in a horrific situation that none of us want to be in. But in a fucking Jason Bourne movie, just stop it already. I mean, just just stop it. it. To me, you're just hiding the fact that you really don't have a shooting plan. And because your guy's walking through, it's a, and it's a lot of like setting it in locales that have nothing to do with shit. They're in Greece. Why? Oh, because there's political unrest and there's protests and they can do something with that. It's not, it's just not motivated. This whole movie <laughs> is not motivated. And it's not, doesn't make you motivated as a moviegoer to watch it or to see a sequel to it. But you will. I will. Just like Fast <laughs> 8, right? Yep. Are right, you caught up with the shallows? What'd you think? I gave this one a positive review, but just said the ending probably, I didn't know how you were going to feel about how they got the shark. What'd you think? Yeah, I was okay with the ending. I think overall the movie is um, boring because uh, you, it's not an even match, right? I mean, period. And they, I really don't know what the need for having her be hurt um, other than just to waste time. I don't know. It's, not really, it's also not much of a horror movie or even, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of plays itself out, doesn't it? It's beautifully shot and wonderfully acted. Beautiful I mean, I will say shot. all that shit. But again... Um, I mean, she's in the water and the shark maybe can get her. Like I get like that's, and that's the whole movie, right? Over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it's like, I get it. And she's so, it doesn't matter. She hurt her leg. Okay, good. If she was in perfect, perfect physical condition, uh, she would still never be able to outswim the shark. Right. So why the fuck is that shit necessary? Other than just to, to waste some time from, you know, to kind of give her something to do. And that's kind of how I felt that movie was. It's like, it's a good idea for a movie until you realize that there's no, there's nothing, there's no second act. You know, there's just, there's nothing in that movie. Great though with the whale. I thought the whale was a nice touch that it it felt like he was getting invaded Mm -hmm. on its feeding zone or whatever. And yeah, but that was the, the, the unfittest of the, the I don't see, I mean, I don't get that at all though. Okay. That's maybe you can say that, but, um, the, why in these movies are these animals always like just insane to get like one person? Like, why do they give a shit about her? It has a whole fucking whale there. I mean, what's what's the deal? Why is yeah. this happening? That's true. That's true. But <laughs> I think The Shallows is missing something, or it would have been even bigger hit because it is a you know yeah. it was a sleeper hit at the summer. But it it's very well, it's very so minor. beautiful and it's like very well made, like in in technical sense of of shooting and in the music and and there's a voyeuristic. I quality. suppose the Don't suspense like works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it works for what it is. It's just not. It's like as you say, it's missing something. It just doesn't quite get there. And I get why you didn't like the, but this is a horror suspense movie and these things always go over the top at the end because they have to. Um, but really realistically, how else was she going to get out of that? They there is no other way out. I mean, yeah. well, that's it. That's the, well, not they write this on the, in the corner, but it's just some stupid shit, right? I mean, how did they know that they just put that at the bottom of the ocean, right? There's no reason for there to be that down there. Yeah, they don't ever explain what that structure is or what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. just some fucking um, some rhubarb. Yeah, just some uh, metal sticking out that it runs into. I mean, it's not, and not only that, but how uh, this is a shark, right? What it does is swim, and it swims very well in water. You're gonna fool it that it doesn't know it's gonna run into the bottom of the ocean, going like what sixty miles an hour because the damn thing just fucking flattened itself. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, the whole thing's silly and stupid, right? But I mean, so is the full fucking movie, and I have, still have no idea how deep that is. Right, they can't decide how deep the water is around her ever. You know, I don't know, I don't know. I, See, and I'm giving it a bad review, but it's really yeah, not that bad you when you're watching it. It's review. just when you think about it. 
I know because you expect more from um, well, actually, there's less happening in this than Ghostbusters. Absolutely. To be honest with you, I this mean, is a minor movie, but yeah. I did like all the visual tricks in this that I usually hate by this director. I like the on-screen texting, sending messages. I like mm-hmm. all that worked for me. The yeah. the GoPro stuff, the 127 hours kind of stuff was was false. Even though the acting's good, the writing just wasn't there for that, and it wasn't. Necessary. I wish they had done something more with the 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 dead mother. You know, they could have done something. Um, surreal in that sense of like the moms maybe giving her a, a heads up or helping her out in some way from beyond the grave i thought would have been a cool way of something else to fucking happen yeah <laughs> you know for a short movie it, it, it plays very long yeah it does feel much longer but, but i think thank god it's that short. shot with a beautiful lead actress who is up for the task yeah she's good I mean, everyone's good in it even the the side actors who are really Barely. And I, when the movie opens and, and he's, uh, the local guy is taking her out to the secluded beach. I even thought their dialogue, which at times is, is the cliche crappy, uh, horror dialogue, but it was nice. They both play off each other pretty well. Yeah. It was nice. How that was, it wasn't that was bad. Nice. And the movie looks beautiful. Like you gotta say it's, it's shot to, you know, an inch of its life. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I, mean, I agree. Yeah. I saw the mechanic resurrection this week, which is the sequel, you know, that nobody asked for <laughs> from five I years did. ago. You give me more all, but I'll take it. Uh, yeah, I know, right? That was one of them, the driving reasons why I went and saw this movie. <laughs> to be honest with That's you, that's the only reason to go see that movie. And to preface this, I loved the mechanic. I think that is the best Jason Statham movie, um, followed very closely by Homefront, which is is a oh, superior. Oh, please, Homefront kicks the shit out of that. I like the mechanic <laughs> though. I really do. Just for what the you know the mechanic is. Mm-hmm. So I had high hopes going into this, especially because this has gotten but fairly good reviews. Wasn't this more ridiculous than the first one? This is setting itself up as a t- it has nothing to do with anything, and this is trying to be its own franchise now. You can clearly see they're trying to be a B movie version of Mission Impossible. I mean, it has an opening credit sequence I like feel James Bond more, um, and it's just it's just not it's just not very good. I, I mean, I, I can't mm. explain it. I thought I was going to like the fact that like it kind of wore its generic low br- low budget on its sleeve, but it's very uninvolving. And it just doesn't, it's not necessary. It's, that's the best thing I can so say about this. What you're saying is Stallone did not write this. No, no. It's not Homefront. It, it, <laughs> and you know what? The, the, the bad writing in this, although it's, it's a very watery adventure too, um, which I usually like in spy movies, you know, like a lot of like, kind of under a scuba. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Subterfuge like that. And uh, Alba is running around in a bikini. So you got to love that. But when you, when you see this, because I'm sure you'll eventually see this when it comes on uh, home, home Entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's just strangely plotted in that it's got the same plot as Killer Elite where he has to kill three people to uh, get his independence from somebody you know. And I'm like, oh, I've already seen this plot from – Just saying the name of that movie. movie. And two, Jessica Alba has nothing to do with this movie. Like, they brought oh, her in not. for no reason. <laughs> but I mean yeah, I just sure. thought like – all I know, right. I know, right? <laughs> Come on, their their romance is a But can't you tell? I mean, can you tell from the trailers that this is just a disaster? I wouldn't call it a disaster because there are some beautifully done little sequences, and you're like, "Oh, this is much better than it should hmm. be." And then the rest of the movie plays, and you're like, "Okay, it's been 25 minutes since anything happened here, and I'm waiting for something to happen <laughs> again." And they're just huh. kind of wandering around the beach, and they're falling. You know, you're supposed to buy the fact that she's a mole. He figures it out. But yet they're, you know, and they're acting like they're falling in love with each other to like play the calm. But are they really falling mm-hmm. in love with each other? And it's just, it's a, it's James Bond light. I'd rather just see him as Bond doing it for the real deal in big stakes. Yeah, How they, great would that be? What if Statham actually became Bond? Uh, that'd be awesome. 
That's the rumor I just That heard. would be the greatest Bond ever. I heard that they offered uh, – the newest rumor is that as of today that they're offering Daniel Craig $150 million for two movies. No, let him go. Fuck yes, let him go. Get somebody else in there. Uh, here's my personal idea, and you might think I'm crazy. Remember Never Say Never Again when they brought Connery back? Sure. Bring back Pierce Brosnan for one last kind of hmm. winking ode to like – Why would I think you're crazy? I would fucking love that. But you know what I mean? Like, like, like kidding me? Like that man was, is so smooth as Bond. He's fucking, he is Bond. I, I agree with you. But not only that, but like, let's make it just like the old Brosnan Bond movies where like you had, like they were kind of, dep- you know. Like I the wish they school. could do that. That's what I'm saying. Let's just reset the fucking thing. Just like, make it that. fun again. I know. Can we just get back to that? Bond is not a superhero. Can we just get, make it fun again? Uh, the mechanic is what I was looking for exactly in that, like a fun James Bond movie. And really, that's Mission Impossible, as it turns but out. Wouldn't you get the both? I mean, you're saying, you know, Jason Statham is Bond, and wouldn't that be perfect? Because you get both. You'd get that Daniel Craig. He's like a mix between Craig and Brosnan in a way, isn't he? Oh, he's a lot less self-serious, uh, it feels like, than Craig. I mean, yeah, I but he I has think... that physique as that Craig has in a sense. Oh, I mean, he's a much better physique than Craig, but yeah, I know what you're saying. But, you know, Statham is his own worst enemy in the fact that he's kind of carved out his own niche. I mean, he maybe he's too recognizable, you know, but he's better than Tom Hiddleston. If they put fucking Loki in as James Bond, man, <laughs> I'm not playing. That's not right. He feels more like Q to me. I don't know what they're trying to do. He, I mean, I don't even know what he is in the series. He's like a bad guy, if anything. Yeah, he actually God. would make a bad, a good bad guy. Well, I don't know. He's already low key. And if out Craig of it. doesn't, I mean, why does everybody get that role and want to run from it? I don't understand it. It's almost like the bad. They man always, they always hear, feel bad about it afterwards. I'm glad to hear Ben Affleck isn't slandering that role and isn't like running from it. And he's Give actually embracing it a little bit because everybody seems to act like it's the fucking curse of death to be these icons, you know, to play these guys. Yeah, because these. Because these roles typically people don't come out of very well, do they? Unless you're a Cruz or a Matt Damon who have a career and you can dip in and out, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's true. There are you know exceptions to the rule, but much like winning an Oscar, um, you immediately, once you get out of that, make shitty movies, right? Yeah. I mean, seriously, right? I mean, that's kind yeah, of what happens. For the most part, yeah. Or at least tanking movies. All right, let's move on and talk about – what do you want to talk about now? The Huntsman Winter's War. Whatever you got. Snow White 2. Oh, God. Loki's brother's Thor's in this one. Oh, God. Really that up. bad? It's fucking terrible, man. It's I hate so the first one. fucking bad. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if you thought the first one was a mess, um, this thing is fucking terrible. Just what, from a narrative standpoint? From every standpoint. I mean, I swear to God, every standpoint. I mean, the, the acting is great. You know, I mean, Chastain, you got fucking – uh, what's her other English Charlize. ladies? Oh, Charlize always, yeah, my girl right there. Oh, my girl too. Get out of there. Uh, Emily Blunt is great in this. I'm mean, even Chris Hemsworth. He's Chris Hemsworth. He's fine. He's great. He's exactly what he needs to be, right? Right. Uh, but the fucking story is just so pointless. I just so it's just an exercise, and we need a sequel. Make me something, you know. And this thing is is half prequel, half sequel. Is this because like, of that's the whole- how fucking convoluted it is? Just stupid. Is this because of the Kristen Stewart fallout, you think? That they couldn't get her back or didn't come back or whatever it may be? Oh, most assuredly. This is an Alice in Wonderland 2, right? This is just... Yeah. We don't, have, we don't know what the fuck, how to make a sequel to this, but the numbers say we should try. So let's try. And of course, it doesn't work because it's not... There's no story here worth telling. 
right? I mean, it's just it I hear make that any it's sense. visually beautiful though, and that it's kind of you know, but it lacks of... the beauty that the first one had. The first one was stunning. Um, the first one felt like an '80s uh, sorcerer sword and sorcery yeah. flick, like just like that should just look beautiful. But on this thing, I see Charlize you know, come out and it's missing that it's missing that look, you know, it's just missing that the tint isn't there. Uh, you know, the color offsets that that had to make it really kind of look like, um, I don't know. The other one was just so beautiful. Like you looked like you were there to me anyways. I, I don't know. I like that one a lot. The look of it, um, yeah, but this I, was, I was missing that. It so it was just that, pointless. It captured that. You really stopped watching well. it, you know, and it's basically frozen for adults, you know, it's the two, uh, one of the girls is the nice queen that does ice, and and, and then there's Charlize Theron, who's obviously her own magic nonsense, and they um just fight. You know, they get upset at each other, and they fight, and then at the end, they they fucking fight, and it's like, all right, <laughs> I mean, yeah, what's the point? You know, there's just there's no point. Once again, another summer sequel, maybe not in the summer, but this a yearly sequel uh, that is just no good. I mean, I'm t- we've talked about. On this, born resurrection, uh, mechanic resurrection, and now this already, Ghostbusters well, is a remake, and it's it not very good. Surprising. I mean, there must be contractual things in play here because it's just so surprising that we have, you know, Throne and Blunt uh, going around saying how great the movie is, um, and obviously everyone does that. But you'd have to believe, like, who read? I just wonder, like, who read this fucking script and thought I want to make this? Because I would, it would be incredible to me to to really sit down with people and just pick their brains. Like what the fuck out of this? Did you read? You were like, Oh, I got to do this. Uh, right. It's insanity. There's no way this script was, was worth a shit. I would believe that. I didn't think the first one was very good. So I had no interest in seeing this. It's and not, I think I'll it's not yeah. take your uh, advice and skip it. I didn't take your advice on the boss though. And I watched that and I think it's a little bit better than you gave it credit for. Cause I, I did, chuckle here and there i i yeah don't really like Melissa mccarthy but... but i did like some of this movie and i i didn't think i don't know what i was expecting but i liked the whole orphan that turned cold and became like the magnet you know and doesn't fuck everybody uh-huh. and i kind of liked that about it made the character a little bit more endearing i made a, it made a shitty mm-hmm. character a little bit more endearing in a way by just doing that and it wasn't something i was expecting that movie to do although it gets very bogged down and it's it's, it's too long yeah, right. it gets I mean, very there's just too much to plot, it, um, which which doesn't yeah. it doesn't really it's too much to it. Is right. It it needed a little um, defter of a hand. It's a little too heavy handed in parts. Uh, but McCarthy, mm-hmm. to her credit, is extremely likable in that character. And I think if they would have done that right, she may have had like a franchise character she could have taken in a couple different ways. I mean, hell, you could have had that character run for president. It's really not that off from reality at this no, point. No, I mean, possibly you're, you're right because it is very much a. A skit type of an idea, you know. Yeah, it's a sketch comedy in yeah. a lot of ways, you know. But uh, I didn't think it was awful, and I, I thought it was one of the better McCarthy vehicles that she's. Did done I say solo. it was awful? You didn't I say actually it was awful, don't. You said it was very uh, inconsequential. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I, I would agree and, with that. <laughs> I, I can't. Disagree I said it. Gab, that's why. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. I agree with you. <laughs> you agree with yourself. Uh, I would say that it's one of her better um, kind of starring vehicles because I have been very harsh mm-hmm. on her her solo work. Well, it's better than Tammy. I'll give it that much. I didn't care for Identity Thief or Tammy or um, most of her. I, I, I never saw The Heat. And I, I keep telling the me Heat is the so heat. good, man. But The Heat also Sandra Bullock. So, like, you know, the other side of that coin, mm-hmm. 
It's really good. I love Sandra Bullock, but I still can't pull the trigger on our brand is crisis. I look at the fucking thing on HBO uh, Go every it's, night. And it's I'm like, rough. I should watch this. It's not. Eh. I mean, it's good and it's, it's, it's okay, but it's just, again, it just feels like, it feels like one of those, we need to tell a true story story. So we picked this one. You're like, well, why though? I mean, yeah. I don't want to watch Why really? One. Why? This isn't that good. You saw The Forest, which is in a year of horror films doing very well. This one did okay at the beginning of the year. Uh, this one is one that, had, that dealt with the Japanese forest, right? Everyone goes to commit suicide? Yeah, this is uh, uh, true to uh, some point. I don't know. I haven't looked it up. But yeah, I mean, we've heard about this before, right? I mean, you've heard about mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah, this is actually a real place. Yeah, it's a real forest. People go, and I guess they have a high rate of suicide, whatever that high rate is. I don't know. But I mean, this movie would have you believe that it's like... A million people go there and kill themselves. The destination point for people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Grand Canyon. So it's like it's like uh, all right, you know. It's very like they were very try to sell you on the locals are like, you know, it's like the Blair Witch and shit. They're like, what oh, don't the- go off the trail, don't do this, don't do that. Well, unfortunately, the movie is based in. I mean, you don't know if the ghosts are real or not, but she does go crazy in it. But it's 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 based in the idea that. Um, you, you don't really know what's real or what's not real, like by the end of it. So what's the fucking point is kind of like where I'm at. Um, but when you set up a world like this, right, where and, and the whole thing's like through dreams in the beginning. So all the scares are in dreams, which is fucking stupid. And they finally get to the forest and then she goes a little nutty. And she starts seeing things and all that. And then you don't know because the way they, they play it, like in one moment, an actor is doing one thing and they're acting normal. And then the other moment you're like, Oh, something's weird with them. Uh, but are, is it weird or is it not? And then it turns out that it's not, but then, but then maybe it is, but then, then it's not after a while. You're like, who gives a fuck? Like, is it or not? Like make up your fucking mind. Right. Yeah. It's just, you're being toyed with. It's and by fun. the end of it, there's just no, it's, it has one of the stupidest endings I've ever seen for a movie like this, where they just clearly didn't know what the fuck they were doing and overstepped their, I don't, potential, I guess, for what they were able to do, you know. It looked like the ring, or not the. I'm sorry, not the ring. Um, mm, the I mean, the grudge with that kind it is of uh, Asian very influence. Asian like that in a sense. Um, but I mean, I don't know. There's there's a lot of they insert a lot of pointless scares at the beginning because it takes forever to get to the forest, like half the movie before they get to the fucking forest. Oh god, oh, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of inserted scares where she's at the hotel and for some Jump reason, scares for no reason, by happenstance, the lights don't work in the hallway and they're flickering. And you think, well, that's odd because there's no ghosts here and they're not really like doing anything ghostly. So why is this happening? And then there's a a weird lady at the end of the hallway and she's like just like over there in the corner, like fidgeting and doing something weird. And so she slowly walks towards her as you would in normal life. Um, and the lady jumps out. She's like, and she's all old and scary looking. And then some girl comes, Oh no, sorry. My grandmother. Oh, sorry, grandma. Oh, and takes her away. And you're like, what the fuck was the point of that? This has nothing to do with the movie. It's a stupid jump scare uh, for nothing. It just happenstance. Like that just happened to happen. It's like, What? <laughs> Well, all horror movies, everybody fuck? has to be fucking like odd in them, right? Just like in every comedy, like if you're, well, yeah, character, right? you're like slightly like mentally retarded, right? Isn't that what it is? Because like nobody, because if you were smart, you would realize that a fucking comedy plot's going on around. I guess so. Shit. I mean, if you make a if you make a movie called The Forest, um, you know, go to the fucking forest, and, forest and do some already. shit. Um, you know, I mean, the reality is that they just didn't have. There's nothing to do again in this movie. It's, it's kind of like The Shallows, where there's just nothing. There's fucking nothing to do. Right. I mean, it's a cool idea, 
but then when you see it in in actuality, you realize that it doesn't it doesn't work. And it was made and released, it did well, I guess, comparatively. Don't see the forest, Trevor says. See the trees for the forest. Yeah. Um, I got a review here for Hard Target Two, and a lot of you probably didn't even know that there was a sequel to a movie twenty three years ago, but there is. And this one is directed by Roel René, who Trevor and I once interviewed on our website, theirmoviemerics.com. That's a plug right there, right in your ear. And it stars Scott Atkins. And the movie is surprisingly, or maybe unsurprisingly, very, very watchable, especially for a B-movie. This has got a good cast in it. Uh, Rhoda Mitra, one of Trevor's favorites in this. And I think everyone loves Rona. She gets her ass kicked at one point in this. She takes Aww. a sidekick to the ribs or yet her stunt double does. That is so vicious that I was like, oh, my God. Hmm. It comes out of nowhere. But um, this movie is, is B-movie all the way. But it's shot with kind of a 90s cleanness. And you could maybe consider it the anti-Paul Greengrass in where things are very clear to see. Um, stunt work, which is it's just nice stunt work, is being done. And it's appreciated and nice wide shots and when scott atkins is kicking and punching you can see what he's doing pretty fucking clearly mm-hmm. and as a movie you know what you're going to get and not only does it have is it pay homage to the the original movie with uh the lead character who is basically playing lance hendrickson i mean down to his his speaking style and mm-hmm. uh wardrobe choices even though it's not the same character it has literally homages to jean woo like the white doves for no fucking reason. Um, characters. But isn't that what kind of I mean, role Renee kind of does do stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah, he pays. He knows. Look, he's like us where he's influenced by these movies. So he gets the chance to do this shit. And he is reviving these, these quote unquote franchises that really had no creative juices in them originally. I mean, you look at Death Race. He did a Death Race movie that was pretty good. He did a really good mm-hmm. Scorpion King movie. He's done this. He did a good Marine movie. I mean, He's really I, – I, they probably don't want to let him go, but he could probably do a theatrical release pretty damn good at this point. Yeah, I, mean, I would agree. Obviously, he's you know Universal's um, go-to uh, straight-to-video guy. Um, I, I don't know. Was this Universal as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he definitely is their go-to uh, uh, guy at this point, and for a good reason, as you said. I mean, he's done uh, two Death Race uh, sequels. I like the first Death Race, um, even though I don't think you were a fan, but – um, he definitely does small movies uh, on a big scale. It's the only way you can say it, right? He makes movies yeah, that you know are cheap thing. seem seem Bigger not so are. cheap. Yeah, they makes them make. He has that uh, just that kind of uh, an eye, I guess, for for filming and stuff. He does a lot of handheld work that doesn't seem so obnoxious for whatever reason. I don't. Maybe it's because. Um, you can see that there's a lot more thinking going on than is the norm. I mean, I've seen a lot of these B action movies in my life and I can tell when somebody's phoning it in and somebody's actually trying and he seems to be trying to get the most out of his cast. I mean, he arguably made the best Steven Seagal movie since Seagal's theatrical <laughs> days, you know, with pistol whipped and that's mm-hmm. a feat in itself. So you knew the guy was onto something then. And I, I think the yeah. Marine two is very fun. And so is his Scorpion King movie. And, and this is just as fun. It really is. All right, you cool. saw Jane Got a Gun. Tell me about that. I, this was the movie that got lost in the shuffle um, with the Weinsteins and the releasing mm-hmm. schedule and uh, Natalie Portman's kind of infamously distanced herself from it. W- what's the deal? I wanted to see this. Yeah, um, it's not a bad little Western. Um, you know, as, and as with the Western, there's, there's not much to it, though. 
but uh, I mean, it's beautifully shot. You know, I mean, Joel. I know you like Joel Edgerton, right? I do. Yeah, he's great in it. Natalie Portman's great in it. Um, I will say, Ewan McGregor is barely in it. Um, and yeah, I mean, if I had to make a complaint about this movie, it would be that um, it's a love triangle, being and so they spend more time on that shit. It's also hard to tell when they cut back and forth in time, like really hard. Like I got confused a couple of times, like what the, when the fuck am I right now? <laughs> when am I? Uh, Cause they go back and forth and they show you this love triangle and how she got with the guy that she's with now. And why isn't she with Jill Edgerton? You know, why is she with, uh, uh, the guys, uh, Noah Emmerich. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. New Emmerich Breyer is the bad guy. Okay. Um, but they don't spend enough time with, you know, you McGregor versus these guys. Um, cause I mean, what it comes down to is, uh, the the love triangle, obviously, but the guy she's with, Noel Emmerich, uh, who plays this Bill Hammond character, was a part of of uh, Ewan McGregor's outlaw gang or whatever, and the, he turned against them in order to save uh, Jane. Um, and then they ran off together and, and whatnot. So, but there wasn't enough. Like that was kind of all kind of told in the back, and then this love story, this love triangle between. You know, she's with that guy, but Jill Edgerton, like, and her were together first, and then he had to go off to fight, uh, you know, the Civil War, and all this shit, and it's like, yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> I don't care. I want to see the gunfights and all that kind of shit, which is there, and it's, you know, but just not enough. I don't know. By the end of it, they have the, uh, a mini showdown, kind of, with Ewan McGregor, where, and this is the clip that I've seen them show all the time is, is his exchange of dialogue with her. And it's literally like the only fucking exchange of dialogue they have. So he shows up, he's supposed to be this horrible, bad person. Um, and just this badass bad guy, but you've never, you don't really get that sense of it through the whole movie. So it's kind of hard to show up and be like, I'm a badass. And it's like, well, are there signs? Where the fuck have you been? (laughs) Is that a sign of a trouble production? You think Uh, of a history that was not easiest from script to screen? Yeah, I mean, it seems like a complete movie. All in one. I mean, it seems like this is the way it was done, right? I mean, this is the way the script probably read. Um, I don't know. There's, there's just a thing with love triangles that I, I think we've, we're coming to an end. I'm hoping for with right. I mean, it just doesn't belong in everything, and and this is a a, a good point of where, um, you know, don't just don't make a movie about a love triangle. You know, I, I guess they can be in it, but. Don't make it about that. You know, like Hunger Games has a love triangle in it, but it is not about the love triangle. That's what makes it different and so much better than all these other fucking movies with this in it. Um, and this movie just relies way too heavily on on that aspect of, of you know, Edgerton and Portman getting back together and just, you, you know, you don't care really. Yeah, I'm not interested in it. I, I was on the fence, and um, you've now dissuaded me. I'd rather watch yeah. Quick and the Dead again. Oh, yeah, much better movie. <laughs> Honestly. Or even Bad Girls at that point. That's actually a much better movie. <laughs> See? The young are. Guns, either one. Saving your time and helping out. Uh, I saw a, a revival just briefly here of Fight Club on the big screen a, a couple weeks back. It's been a month ago now at the Cinemark. And I just want to say that it's been years since I had seen Fight Club, and the movie still looks great, but I still find this movie very depressing and nihilistic. Ah, and I love a, it. A hard watch. I mean, I was sick with this mm. movie at one point. I saw it four times in the theater. I, I was obsessed <laughs> with this movie for a long time. And as I've gotten older, I find it to be more and more hypocritical of a film, even the things it's presenting and saying and yet showing and uh, 
I just find it to be in a post, you know, really post 9-11 era now. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's just not that it's not that fun. And I, it's weird to call it movie fun at one point, but it just kind of seemed mischievous to me. It seemed like kind of good mischievous fun, that, that movie. And uh, as, I, as you view it now, I guess as I get older, I just I find it very depressing. And everything about it, it's a very hmm. depressing um, kind of a, watching a guy go through this like mental breakdown, really. And the whole destroying something beautiful. And the sound design on that movie is, is great. I mean, you're in a theater and the, the, those punches are like fucking pounding, pounding punches. <laughs> uh, but I did re- I really respect the, that sweaty griminess that they show, that cinematography, that kind of – that '90s un, unwashed look that they were mm-hmm. like—I don't know—kind of a grunge look that they had in that movie. It, the whole fucking movie looked like it could drip sweat, like it'd be shown in the '80s on 42nd Avenue in New York. Yeah. Uh, when did you see it last? Uh, oh my god, I don't know. It's been a while. Last decade. Yeah. Fuck. You saw this Millennium though, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you seen it recently then? Yes. Yes, I have the. DVD here somewhere. Let's talk about the show because we're both going to give our streaming online pick to the same show, the Amazon pick. Why don't you go ahead and do the honors on this one, sir? What are we? What are we recommending? Jean Claude Van Johnson. Nice. If you Johnson. can believe it. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, okay. I, I'm. I don't know, but you say I so. It was, yeah, I thought it was good, Johnson. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, this show is so much fun and so uh, funny and witty. And uh, just well acted, you know, Van Damme is just clearly uh, so comfortable at this point making fun of himself that it just works. It's not It's not just like, it, first of all, this is available on Amazon right now. This is a pilot. So if you do like it and you watch it, you make sure you take their survey because they're uh, testing this with the Tick and the Kevin Bacon show that was unwatchable. Uh, I couldn't even fucking remember the name I didn't of it. try it. Um, and... This out of the three, I thought was by far the most successful. Um, I saw a little bit of the tick. Mm-hmm. I did not care for the tick. Yeah, their version of the tick's not very good. I, I the Patrick Waterburn one is still the, the best, or Warburton. Yes, he is the tick. He is the tick. Always will. I be. am the tick. Even before yes. he was the, even when he was just dating Elaine, he was the tick. He just exactly. Even as Putty, he was the tick. Yeah, and um, but this Jean Claude Van Johnson show, like you said, it's. Not only greatly acted and deftly acted by Van Damme, I love all the like the the production design of him walking through his house with the posters, um, the pop tart oh, sequence. It's a beautiful the, show. <laughs> the segue. I mean, I love yes. that Priscilla Rashad is in this, and you know she's that she's the agent out of nowhere. And he tells mm-hmm. her, "I'm back," you know, and the the fucking things come down. And it's, it's so weird though, show. too. I mean, you talk about that scene. And you you don't really still know what's going on when that scene happens. And he's like, no, I'm really back. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, he's a spy? It's like, what? I mean, that show is so um, so over-the-top crazy that I, I, it just works. I don't know how it made it on air, but it's my new internet obsession. So uh, everyone that tells me about Stranger yeah. Things, I just tell them about this now. I'm, I'm jumping onto this bandwagon. I'm off the Stranger Things bandwagon. You can only have one internet obsession at a time. Well, Stranger Things will be next year, but hey, right, we'll be back. But th- yeah, this is this is definitely I I need this to happen. I need to watch this. It's just fun, and it's the most fun I've had watching a show since the Goldbergs went on hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. Uh, yeah, for nostalgia heads out there, check out Amazon, um, their streaming service with Jean Claude Van Johnson, starring the surprisingly comedic 
<laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme. I mean, this guy is a is a walking mess. I, I follow him on on social media, and they, I mean, I hate to say it, but I gotta believe he's on something again. <laughs> I mean, you don't put it like this: Van Damme and Tom Cruise are the same age. Why does one look one way and one look the other way? <laughs> I don't know. Why does Charlie Sheen look younger than them all? Oh man! Except sometimes Charlie Sheen's weird, right? Because sometimes Charlie Sheen looks like he's gonna die, and then other times it's like, how do he get all the color back in his face? Well, I'm sure makeup and hair and is that what it is? Well, he seems fuller too. Like he's fat. Like sometimes he's fat and sometimes he's not. I don't know. I think Charlie Sheen might be, um, might be weakened at Bernie's. I think Charlie Sheen outlives <laughs> us all, my friend. I, I think I think someone's you know, movie. He's like a marionette. Someone's got strings attached to him. Oh my god! You, see, you know, I just rewatched Weekend at Bernie's the other night. We were talking about that. You said Charlie Sheen. I was saying Jim Carrey would be a great Bernie if they did a remake nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he wouldn't even so, be able to do it. He'd have to. He'd he like start moving on his own and shit. That's what somebody said. Like, oh, he'd be, he wouldn't be able to not mug. He'd be like yeah. all over the place. I just thought. Well, I mean, that'd be great. I mean, they should remake Weekend at Bernie's. Fuck. They talk should. About a, talk about a movie that's right. There's, there's one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone liked that one. So you can make sure you can, you can, you won't have any problems. You're not going to piss off anybody. Nah, but fucking Andrew Silverman. <laughs> You'll piss somebody off. We want to thank you all for joining us on episode 306. We made it through. You. We did. We made it through. We pushed through. Wow. Do you believe that? We broke it through the other side. That's pretty good. We're, we're going to um, leave you guys there with this, but we'll have you join us very, very soon for a retro episode of Highlander. We have a couple episodes in the pipeline. We're going to be releasing them. Uh, McLeod. Yes. McLeod. Go McLeod. away. McLeod. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk to you about this. I'm a so Spaniard. No, I'm an Egyptian. I don't know what I am. Uh, <laughs> he's got the wavering accent. You he know, is. Chuck he's Curry. the last dragon is what he is. He is the last dragon. I am the last dragon. <laughs> I am the last dragon. He's also oh, yeah, all right. King Arthur and the whole nine. Exactly. He's also Dr. Jones. So <laughs> we have a lot to talk about next show. And we'll be doing that. And we also have, uh, you know, 307 coming very shortly after. So hang around. We won't be very far off the air, but we will be back with you shortly. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I'm Jason Rugard, and we are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage! <laughs>